Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Solomon Timothy. And I'm Taylor Rowe. Today, we covered a topic that we've been talking about for a long time internally here with our team and our clients, but something that for whatever reason, we see marketers sort of fall victim to, and they still haven't quite figured it out. So the idea and the topic is the path of least resistance kind of comes back to a just a human psychology and just the way that, that human nature and behavior happens. Because at the end of the day, whether you're B2B or B2C, you're always selling and always marketing to a human being at the other end. So we talk about the idea of, of removing any friction that would result in a poor user experience or possibly cause users to drop off of whatever that campaign or funnel or website might be. Cool. All right, Taylor. So today we're talking about path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. It's a topic that you uh, shared with our team a couple of years back. Mm -hmm. Really excited um, to kind of talk about it in today's podcast. And I want you to kind of break it down for the audience and help us understand what you mean by it and uh, how we can actually use uh, this in marketing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As marketers, we're always looking and as a company, we always look at really human nature and sort of psychology, because ultimately what we're trying to get somebody to do is, is make a purchase, right? So we have to understand who we're selling to, how they operate, and and how do we actually get them to make a purchase or at least take that next step. And one thing as humans that we've always done, I think since the beginning of time, is take that path of least resistance. There's one famous image. I think if you Google path of least resistance, it sh- should show up at the top essentially a you know a picture of a sidewalk that kind of comes to a corner and uh, there's a path that's literally been dug out you know worn out the grass uh, that maybe saves two or three steps right uh, and that's just I mean that's the epitome of this idea of path of least resistance and again as marketers we look as much as we can to integrate and implement this you know, somewhat understanding of human nature and psychology into our marketing campaigns. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to digital marketing, because we have so much control uh, and so much insight into that actual conversion path, for example, we want to make sure that we're making that as easy as possible. And one thing that we always say, one thing that you always say when it comes to marketing, we try to remove the friction, right? And so with any kind of campaign, we're looking to remove the friction, remove any barriers. And it sounds overly simple, simplified, but make it as easy as possible for your prospect uh, to give you their money, right? That's really what you want to do. Don't overcomplicate it, especially things that are inherently simple. Don't overcomplicate them. And so it's not just when we're talking about conversions, right? That's the end goal, but there's a lot of sort of micro conversions that happen along the way that we want to make sure that we're removing that friction and and looking at the path of least resistance, looking at how our users are going to interact, how they're going to sort of understand or not understand what it is that we're trying to get them to do. Sure. Uh, it comes down to a lot of testing, but it also kind of comes down to this idea or this philosophy of removing the friction and making it as easy as possible. Yeah, I mean, uh, all day long, we look at landing pages and and campaigns to make sure, hey, what can we do differently you know, how do we over-explain this thing so that there's no confusion, no ambiguity right. Right. on anything that we do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the way that I look at it is forget about your current process and try to step outside of it and just think, okay, what would this look like if it were easy, right? Or what is the easiest way to get from A to B? 
and what are the sort of steps that need to happen in between. And again, it's not always unless you're in you know e-commerce or something along those lines and you have a well-known brand. For most B2B companies or most companies in general, there's a set of steps that need to happen. So you need to go all the way back to the beginning and just look at, okay, how do we take that next step? How do we take the next step? How do we take the next step? And for each one of your campaigns, we want to make it as easy as possible for the user to understand what they're supposed to do and make that as easy as possible to, of course, understand, but actually do as well, take that next step. So a couple of examples we want to walk through is, I think the easiest one to sort of conceptualize is like, let's say a landing page, right? If we're sending paid traffic to a landing page, we want to make sure that it's optimized for conversions, right? And so you have to almost imagine that your user was kind of dropped onto that landing page, right? From, you know, spun around in circles and dropped on there on that landing page from the middle of nowhere. And they should be able to understand almost immediately, where am I? Why am I here? And why should I care? Right. Right. Those three things is, okay, what am I doing here? And how did I get here? And why do I care? And when you look at it from a, a marketing or sales perspective, you need to implement that into your ad copy, into the conversion path, and make sure that it's very clear of who you are, what you do, and how this benefits the client. And I think right. that piece is often missed, and you get a lot of you know, features, 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 and we do this and we do that, and stats and figures and numbers, and then big, you know, fancy you right. know, ways to describe exactly what you're doing. And again, you go back to the idea of path least resistance, a lot of reading and interpretation and, you know, trying to read between the lines and look and compare and open another tab and look at a competitor and see how that kind of, you know, compares. It's too much work, right? You want to make sure that it's easy as possible for somebody to quickly get there and understand what is that next step. Would you say adding a video simplifies that because people often would rather watch a video to understand what they're trying to say. And we tend to see that videos convert. Yeah, I think video is a great example of that path of least resistance, right? I mean, going back to the way that we consume content, we've talked about in other podcasts, but just general consumers, right? I mean, even things like books have went from physical copies to then digital copies because it's easier for then people to actually go to the bookstore. And then now it's down to audiobooks, right? Right. So it's just easier for people to consume. Or audio summaries of (laughs) the books. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, and then you get like a sped up version of the audio (laughs) summary. Someone just implants the uh, information into your brain. That's nice. I mean, that's the idea, right? And so when you look at that and you know, without getting too big picture, just look at the details of your landing page and say, okay, how do we clearly, concisely get our message across? Like you said, maybe that is adding a video, maybe that's shortening up some of the text, making sure that it's very straightforward with what we're actually doing and not to, you know, marketing or sales, you know, jargony. And then also, okay, how do we get them to make that next step? What is the next step? And then why should they do that? So making sure that messaging is very concise. And then the part I see a lot of times where people, you know, sort of mess up as well is actually making that next step, again, following that same philosophy of path of least resistance, right? You can't do all that and clearly articulate what you're trying to do, have a great video, and then have a, you know, 15 field form that they need to Mm -hmm. fill out, or they go through three other landing pages before they fill out the form, whatever that is, make that next step very clear why they need to take the next step. And then, okay, here's the form you need to fill out. Or here's the phone number in the top right. And not only is there a phone number, it's a clickable phone number that if you're on a mobile device, it actually opens up 
right. and actually click the call, it dials for you. So those are very subtle things that you can, and actionable things that you can go and do where you actually might miss out on a conversion because you don't have a phone number that's big enough or in the top right where they're expecting it to be or that it's not clickable. All of those sort of things are seem very small, but they add up and again, just kind of follow that same idea. Yeah, a lot of people including myself, sometimes don't want to put the contact us page on the top right because right. you want to put a call to action or something like that. And we think that we're reinventing the wheel when our users don't want that. Well, there's, yeah, from a, there's certain things that for whatever reason have just been ingrained into web design because users have come to expect that, right? right? Just like you said, I think you can almost, no matter what kind of company it is, you can name three of the maybe five options they're going to have in their main header because that's what people are looking for, right? It's an about us page, a contact page, a home page, right. those kind of things that blog. I mean, people look for that. If it's not there, I mean, they're not going to find it. They're, it's not their job or their duty to interpret your idea of what website design should look like, right? You need to be consistent with what the user is expecting. And so along those same lines, one other point to make about the, the landing page, right? A lot of times, let's say some sort of an asset offer whether it's an ebook download or getting access to a webinar, whatever that may be, make the process of actually getting that offer just as easy as it is to actually fill out the form, right? So don't make people jump through hoops to actually get that offer. Make sure you have it set up where you know they're either going to get access on the next page and download it, or it's going to send them an email right away, not right. an email tomorrow, or not, you know, go double opt-in, verify this is your email address, and then email, get an email from a salesperson that might or might not send the, uh, the offer, right? It needs to be just as simple as, as possible. Yeah. I mean, sometimes just having the download right there on the thank you page makes it easier because they'll yep. click and consume the content, then having to switch to their email app and then open it. You know what I mean? So yeah, you might get some bad email addresses, but it's a way better user experience. Exactly. The, and the ones that, you know, the leads that you want to generate typically are the ones that are putting in their real email address in the right. first place, right? So I guess let them have, if somebody puts in a fake email address, let them have it. I mean, they don't. They, they obviously don't want to be contacted, right? Or they would have put their real email. Right. So you know, you'd have to look at the statistics on that. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified or Maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, right? Businesses go through this when there's a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at One IMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening. And let's get back to our topic for the day. Let's move on to the the second example, right? So we work with a lot of clients that are also, let's say, in the software space, right? And so part of their conversion process is demo. You got to sign up for a demo or you have to create an account and it's a trial or this or that. So again, look at the friction. human behavior. How do you remove that friction? 
some takeaways you can look at or some actionable items. Think about, let's say, a credit card sign-up, right? Removing the friction in theory would mean no credit card required, required. to sign up for a trial, right? Because that's one more thing someone's going to get their wallet out and get right. their credit card. If it's a company account, they might have to get approval, even though it's just a trial to even do that. It's just, or they're just even going to be concerned about, oh, I didn't, you know, never mind. I don't want to do it because right. I might forget, or it's just a hassle. I don't want to do it. Even though it's so small, I mean, we're talking about something that might take 10 seconds. Right. It's one more thing that's not necessarily uh, necessary, right, right? To make that happen. Another way is, okay, we're creating an account. Again, how much information do you really need? Make it the minimal amount that's a, sort of that minimum viable product, if you will, of what information do you need to gather from them in the contact form, the sign-up form, creating an account that you can then operate off of? Don't make that a 10-page sign-up form. Ask um, for industry title. Right. And then even looking at the account, if you have the ability, look at some options for a single sign-on or login with Facebook or login with Google, right? Because if you can remove that friction, people are already logged in with their Facebook account, LinkedIn, Google, whatever that is, and they don't have to go through creating a new account, verifying the email, going and then registering and creating up, setting up a password, remembering that password, then logging in. I'm making it sound like it's this you know huge task that you have to do, but that's what you should do as a marketer, as a web designer, user experience. You should right. look at it as every second or every additional step is a mountain, right? It is something that, hey, if we can remove that friction, we're going to provide a better user experience. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, also one of the things I get frustrated with, especially software, is that you can't see a quick video demo yourself. You need to wait for a sales rep and pick a time on the calendar and you don't have time. And I said this in, I don't know, a video or something where you should make several types of demo available, a five-minute demo, a 10-minute demo, a 30-minute demo, because somebody may only have five minutes Somebody yep, may have 30 idea. minutes. Yeah. So you can take as much time and learn the software as possible. And then if you have additional questions, then talk to a sales rep. Don't completely block out my experience. I can't see the price. I have to see a demo. And it's like so many things. I'm like, why am I wasting my time with this tool? I can just go on with my day. But you lost a very good prospect, yeah. right? Yeah, I love that idea. And, and ultimately, I mean, it's the same content, right? Great. It's, it's, I mean, you personalize it if you're a sales rep. Personalized, yes. But no, I mean, even the 5, 10, 15, yeah. you're showing the same thing right now. I've seen, I saw a similar process with somebody in like the fitness space. And it was like, how long do you have for the workout? It was like, here's a 20-minute workout. Here's a 45-minute workout. Here's a 60-minute workout. And uh, of course, me, I wanted to see if it was right. different. And it was basically the same workout. It was just, you either do it once or you do it twice, right? <laughs> and that, I mean, that's the same thing that you would do with, I mean, you can take that idea and like, okay, wow, that seemed very easy. I had no excuse, right? Because I look at it, you can't say, oh, I, I was going to do this 60 minute workout, but I only had 20 minutes. They gave me an option. They made it very, very simple. Personalized. And it. you can do that for a software demo. I love right. that idea to say, okay, what are you trying to find out? And you could take that one step further if you really wanted to. And if you say you had a very complex software, Maybe you have some sort of checkbox or something like that where you fill out like what features are you interested in and then you Get have yourself a, a demo. Right? And it seems like a personalized result, but maybe you really only have three or four different versions of that video. But again, that's something that in that case can remove the friction by maybe adding a little bit more user input, but removes the total time commitment by, you know, right. 10 or 15 because they're not having to sit and wait and coordinate a time 
in the future that the salesperson is going to be available. And then they have to get on the phone. They might not be ready to get on the phone. They're just curious to learn a little bit more before they even waste anybody's time. Right. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. No, I mean, sales reps want to book you during nine to five. And that's when I don't have any time. So it's like, <laughs> when is this ever going to happen? Sure. It's just really insane. Yeah. So. All right. So my third example here, and I guess final example, and we'll kind of talk about any other ideas and, and how this can kind of carry over is with social media ads specifically, just because I think they've done a good job of building this into their conversion path in terms of that path of least resistance and the idea of removing friction. So I think Facebook was probably the first one to implement the lead ad. Mm-hmm. But now LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, any any platform pretty much that you're running ads on, you have the ability to run a lead ad, which is essentially a native form within the ad platform, again, reduces that friction. So not only do they not have to then click on your ad, wait for the landing page to load, and then go to the landing page, and then go through that process that we just talked about of, you know, filling out a form. Who am I? Why am I here? And why should I care? Where am I? Why? You're right. So you don't have to go through that and then fill out the form again or call or set up a time or whatever that is. You can do that directly in Facebook, but also Facebook or LinkedIn can actually auto-populate your information because you're already logged in. So it's more of a, yes, I want to convert. And then yes, this is my data. Go ahead and send it over. It's two clicks rather than, you know, probably five or six clicks plus a couple of fields you have to type information in. So that's a huge savings. The one thing that you want to look at though, in a scenario like that, not only is what is easier, you also want to look at what's going to be most effective, right? So I, I don't want to put this into the idea of, okay, just make everything as easy as possible, which means remove the friction, all no gated content, everything is free, everything's available, never have a meeting with it's the sales rep, right? So it, you don't want to go too far with it. You want to also kind of balance that with what's going to be the most effective. So a Facebook ad is a great example because yes, it's easiest for people to convert, but at the same time, you need to look at the quality of leads that are coming through. And so is it easier? When we say easier and path of least resistance, I also want people to think of it from the idea of easiest to convert and also easiest to convey your message. And so sometimes it's maybe a topic or something like that that is not easily conveyed in the short amount of text that you can put in the ad copy or someone might read that ad copy. So your idea of using a video and that ad would be a, a great way to make that easier message to convey. But if you still can't get that, then maybe it does make sense for you to then go to a landing page or use an instant experience or something like that, where you send them to one more step, which yes, is counterintuitive from what we're talking about, but it is still the path of least resistance in the long run, because then you're not making them jump on phone calls with sales reps that are wasting both team members' times right. because you're talking to the wrong people, or they're filling out a form for something that they're not actually interested in because they didn't understand what you were trying to talk about. And they were thinking about a different software, a different you know solution, and it's, it's completely different. So look at both sides of it, right? What's going to be easiest for my customer short-term to get them to convert, but ultimately to get them the information they're looking for. And I think this is why people go back to Google all the time. Right. <laughs> Just like I search what I want, I find what I want and I get it quick. I get right to the point. And I go on with my day. Right. I don't have to download <laughs> a search engine to my computer. Right. Well, one, yeah, I mean, one perfect example when you look at user behavior is the reason that it's so important to rank from an organic standpoint in the top three positions, because the data shows people are more likely 
to if they search for something and they don't see it in the, what they're looking for in the top couple of results, even if they don't click on a result, they're more likely to go back and search, refine their search mm-hmm. than go to page two and look for a result, right? Because they're so, feeling they're searching the wrong thing. Right. It's like, I'm, I don't want to get too deep into this, right? I can't do too much research. Let me, there's got to be a better way. There's going to be an easier way for me to type this in that's going to get the results right. I'm looking for. And also Google, you know, we talked about Precision Zero in our last yep. episode where Google wants to show you the answer before you even click on anything. That's valuable because the user now have a better experience. Then Google shows you related questions, people who have asked. So you scroll scroll down and now you see all these other questions. Again, I don't have to type it. Google already knows because everybody else searches the same thing. And that's exactly what you want to be doing as a business is people who have these questions maybe also have these questions. So you put all this stuff together in your content or whatever else. And if you can explain it in a video, then they don't have to read all this content. makes it easier. Anything that you can do to make the user's life easier. So you need to take that burden on as a marketer, as a business owner. If you're in charge of growth and and explaining this to the customer, then you need to do that research. Just like you just explained of, okay, if you're trying to make this decision, here's all the type of information that you need. And let me give you that, you know, like you said, that SparkNotes version of it. Let me give you the summary. And also let me give you three different options to consume this content because I understand some people are visual and they want to look at infographics. Some people do like to get into the details and read it. And I'm going to organize it in a concise way that you can quickly go through and go through that process without searching and searching and searching. Or some people just want to watch, sit there and watch a video or listen to an audio and how this you know, whole right. thing happens. So now I've done more, a lot more work on my end to make it so much easier for all of my different prospects on my website to get to that information they were looking for in the first place. And I think in the case of Amazon too, yeah. we go to Amazon because I don't care. I could buy my toilet paper and my whatever tissue paper and everything, my dog food, my can, yeah. right? My cat food, every food, yeah. it's available. And that's what we're all doing. And then, you know, they made the little dash buttons. Reordering is now easier. Right, you don't even have to have your phone yet. It's like, I mean, the, we talk about this all the time, but especially, you know, we're in the B2B space, but you need to follow consumer trends in right. the B2C space. And that's a perfect example is because, I mean, Amazon, like you said, if you, it sounds ridiculous, but people would freak out if they had to log back into their account and, mm-hmm. you know, confirm their purchase all the time. No, and they've you, optimized their, you <laughs> your, your, yeah, you can, your shopping cart you real well. The, the buy now button. Yes. And there's no checking out checkout process. Uh, there's no cart. Um, yes. And then, like you said, some products, you have the button, right? Right. <laughs> no, but today, because I read the stat that I can, it was like 27 to 2018, voice commerce, people saying, yeah. hey, Alexa, order me more. Right. Multiply three times. I believe it. Because it's easier to just tell Alexa to order something than right. to actually even open up your app. Right. So we don't even want to use the phone. Right. We might as well just talk it and think right. about that. Right. That's why they drop those little Amazon Alexa devices for $10 because right. they know they're going to order millions of dollars through the app. Right. Yeah. And, and when you look at that, in every scenario that you can think of, doing more work on your end to make it easier on their end is going to result in higher oh, revenue. Mm-hmm. Higher revenue. I mean, like you said, you talk about something like paper towel, you can reorder it basically on a subscription basis. You're guaranteed you're going to sell more paper towel than if you had to wait for people to drive to the store. That's right. Absolutely. So a lot of takeaway here. Mm -hmm. This is true. This is real. All of us are lazy by nature and we need to work on making it easier for our customers. Right. Yeah. I think 
everyone that has anything to do with your website or your digital marketing needs to adopt this philosophy of removing the friction, make it as easy as possible in more ways than one, right? Make it as easy as possible to understand, to use, to convert, to take that next step, whatever that next step is. And if you have that consistent thread through your strategy and you you just at least think about it whenever you do anything from a marketing standpoint, when you write a line of you know ad copy or, or when you're sending out an email or when you're adding a, a call to action or putting together a blog, whatever that is, if you can just have that in mind, I guarantee that you're going to have a better overall user experience than all of your competitors. All right, guys, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in. Love to have you give us some feedback and I'll see you next time. Growth Marketers is brought to you by One IMS, helping you reach new heights through integrated marketing. One world, one web, one IMS.